Blog Talk Radio. Bring back uh, 
joins us tonight. Good evening, Kurt. How are you? Welcome back to the show. Good, Jordan. Great to be with you. It's uh, it's great to talk to you, and I look forward to uh, talking about some of these interesting topics that are hitting our world today. Absolutely. I do want to ask you one thing. Uh, you don't have to answer it if you don't want. It's the elephant in the room. Just want to ask you what's already public knowledge about your former client, Jody Arias, uh, what they wrote in the New York Post um, about the lawsuit. Um, if you have anything, can you say it now, if you like? If not, we can move on. Well, sure. I've, I've you know, I've given a general uh, statement. Uh, I'm denying the, uh, you know, allegations that Miss Arias has put forward in her lawsuit, and I am very much looking forward to. Uh, combating those allegations in court. And that's, by and large, pretty much um, the entirety of my comments on that. But uh, I, 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 I deny everything. I, go ahead. This would be, this is a credibility case, uh, some of the issues. And I would guess they would have to take a look at somebody like her credibility to see if she's believable. And we, all we have to do is go back to the case uh, which you handled, and uh, the jury found her very uh, her credibility lackluster, to say the least. You well, you know, that, right? ultimately, like well, like I say, I I, I guess I'll I'm gonna I'm gonna stand silent on that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, is be, because because of the pending litigation, but. Like I say, I, I certainly look forward to it, and I, I will say that uh, those things in the complaint um, are certainly not true, Or other than the fact that I represented her in Maricopa County. Uh, by and large, everything in there uh, else in there is untrue, and I look forward to confronting each and every one of those allegations. Besides the allegations uh, and stuff like that, emotionally, uh, when did you find out about this, and... How did it make you feel uh, when you heard about this lawsuit? Oh boy, you know, I, I don't. I probably <laughs> heard about it when 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 most people did. Um, you know, I, I I'm a big uh, people that have followed me, listened to me before. Maybe I've mentioned it or followed me on YouTube. I say, listen, um, I'm a I'm a big fan of Deepak Chopra, and I love what he says about you can't change the flow of the river. And I, I just, I, and I just, so look, this is going to happen. Uh, I look forward to defending it. And, you know, other than that, uh, I've got a life to lead and I'm going to move on with my life and keep working on the things that matter to me. And how is, uh, how is life overall going? Uh, not, not talking about the case besides that. Everything good. Okay. No, good. Things have been things have been good. The health is good. I think uh, it's been a while since we've talked, but you know, my most recent scan uh, was good. I'm still in remission. Uh, I'm feeling good. I uh, been working no on a book. No listeners should know to... that you came through uh, a big cancer right around the right around the trial was over. Right? Do I have that right? Well, 
Where, yeah, close. I mean, it was uh, April of 2015 is when the trial ended. And uh, somewhere late August, you know, September, um, I discovered a lump under my lymph node, my uh, right armpit. And that led to the conclusion that I had stage three non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So I I went through six rounds of chemotherapy, uh, which ended in January, late January of 2016. And then a week or two after that, um, found out that I was in remission. And and fortunately now I've I've remained there uh, for a long time. And I just, as a matter of fact, um, a few weeks ago now, I completed at least a draft of a manuscript that, where I talk about my cancer journey um, and some of those related issues as well. So um, I'm excited about that, and hopefully that will be out sometime next year. That's awesome. And I remember we were talking, and you said even though they gave you a 70% chance, you know, that's your life you're talking about. 70% is really nothing in the scheme of things when you first heard about that. Is that true? Yeah, yeah that, that's definitely true because, you know, you say, okay, well, you got a 70% chance of living, but that's still a 30% chance of dying. So most people would feel comfortable making a bet in Las Vegas if they had a 70% chance of winning that bet. But they might not feel the same way. Uh, you know, when their life is at hand and the fixation is that 30%. And for me, you know, at age 49, uh, you know, that was quite a shock because I'd never had a surgery in my life. I'd never had a major health scare. And my mortality was something that I'd never confronted. It was 20, 30 years down the road, at least in my mind. And uh, that cancer changed all that and and brought um, a new life into my world where when I got done, um, by the time I went through the several-month process, uh, I made the decision that I didn't want to live the remaining days uh, that I had on this planet in the same way I had the prior. And that's why I was super comfortable ending my relationship with the Arizona Bar, not even concerning myself with it, getting on to doing the things that I want to do and like writing this book that I just completed. And that's, that's just part of the mission. But, um, you know, people can go on nermionchain.com to, to learn more, but, uh, you know, I work to help lawyers and then working on some keynote speeches and hopefully, uh, in a way that will inspire people to kind of look at their lives differently without having to, uh, sit in a chemotherapy chair. Yeah, that must have been awful from where you are and then where you were. So that that must feel like a big, big, like, different life, if you will, from where well, you were. Well, it was definitely, definitely quite a contrast from, uh, from you know, the excitement of the prior to the uh, ultimate reality of, of sitting in a chemotherapy uh, chair, no doubt about it. And it's possible that stress, while probably didn't bring it on, didn't help it, right? Stress maybe working on this case and whatever. Uh, that well, yeah, helped I mean, it, right? I've, I've, I've heard of studies that they'll say, you know, a high percentage, maybe 75% of, of lymphomas and cancers are dealing with 
you know, some of them deal with obviously unhealthy habits, but stress is a big factor. And yes, I certainly believe that, you know, while there's no evidence per se to to back this up in my heart, um, I believe that the stress involved and everything involved in uh, defending Miss Arias was the reason that cancer uh, infested my body. Oh, you you believe that was the cause? I believe that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no evidence. There's no there's no thing we can pinpoint and say, you know, this is the reason, and I was otherwise healthy. And I I think that uh, as you pointed out, stress was a was a uh, is a big part and can be a big part of those things. And so, um, yeah, I, I definitely believe. Like I say, without there's no there's no scientific proof. It's just what I believe. Yeah, I mean, when we all go through stress, a lot of terrible things happen. Like sneezing happens, for example. For I don't know, I, I was reading. You know, um, your back could hurt just just from the simple fact of being through painful stress or worrying or or what have you. All of these little um, things, but they start out little. But you, you notice you're sneezing or your back hurts or you you can't walk the same you get migraines things like that uh start to happen uh at least a, a lot of it part of what i was reading when you're in, involved with a lot of stress yeah there's no doubt about it it's not good for the body um it does cause a lot of problems um the recently uh deceased louise hay um, wrote a great book on this called uh, You Can Heal Yourself and just talks about the different um, issues in our lives like anger and, and resentment and different things, how that can bring forward different uh, diseases in us. Uh, and so it's it's a really interesting kind of way to look at um, life and just think about things more holistically because in the hustle and bustle of everyday life and trying to make money and do all these things, um, caring for ourselves, um, like through exercise or meditation or whatever it might be, um, often gets pushed to the wayside, you know, pushed to the side, um, for more urgent concerns. But, um, ultimately I think we do ourselves a disservice when we do that. And that's one of the reasons I started working with lawyers because, you know, in the legal profession, there is a push for perfection. Nobody wants to hire a lawyer that's not perfect and not going to do everything, et cetera, et cetera. But lawyers are human beings. I know that might come as a shock to some people, but lawyers are human beings, and they're going to make mistakes just like any others. And, you know, they're probably going to beat themselves up more about it or be beat up more about it. And when we try to impose perfection on ourselves, that is an impossible standard to meet. And so, you know, that's part of the reason I think there's so much stress, substance abuse, and similar issues within the um, legal community. Yes, that's a very good point. I'll talk to you about this story uh, right here in my hometown. The the two cops uh, are charged with... uh, raping an 18-year-old girl. Their defense is saying that she was all for it. Let's play this clip, and then uh, let's uh, get your take on the other side here. 
internal investigation right now at the NYPD. An 18-year-old says that she was raped in a police department van after two detectives took her into custody. CBS 2's Andrea Grimes spoke with the accuser's attorney and has the story. She's an emotional wreck. Michael David says his 18-year-old client is beside herself, claiming she was raped in handcuffs by a plainclothes NYPD detective. There was nothing she could do to, to defend herself. He says it happened back on September 15th around 8 p.m. David says his client was driving in Calvert Vaux Park in Coney Island with two friends when two plainclothes detectives in a black van pulled them over. The detectives allegedly told the two friends to leave. They told her to follow her, that she's under arrest, and they put handcuffs on her and they put her into the van. David and police sources say the detectives drove her to a parking lot on Croxy Avenue. It was here they say the two forced the 18-year-old to perform a sex act on both of them. David says one of the detectives then raped her. Police sources say the detectives claim the sex was consensual. She's being brutalized twice here. First they rape her. She's kidnapped, she's raped, and she's thrown onto the street. And then they go ahead and they victimize her again by saying it was consensual. The attorney claims the cops dropped off his client a few blocks away from the 60th precinct. The president of the detectives union told CBS2, quote, these are serious allegations and I am very concerned, but could not elaborate. Sources say a DNA match is pending. An NYPD spokesperson says they placed those two detectives and their supervisor on modified duty as their internal investigation continues. In Brooklyn, Andrea Grimes, CBS2 News. Sources say that the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office is also investigating. So far, no charges have been filed. Okay, Kurt, uh, you heard the story. What's your take on this? Well, certainly we have to, you know, we've decided as a country that we're going to presume innocence, and these detectives have uh, the presumption of innocence with them as they go forward during trial. But to the, the situation at hand seems so abhorrent and such a breach of public trust. It's hard for me, and, and I had looked at another clip earlier today. Um, you know, it's hard for me to understand with this DNA and that sort of thing how consent can be argued when they have basically right. arrested this woman. I mean, you can't, you know... It is non-consensual behavior when she's under arrest. So now, and there, to my understanding, too, there's like 50 charges. So there's kidnapping. There's also there's going to be a lot for the jury to sort out because kidnapping in this situation is it might be seen differently by a jury because they're cops and they might have the lawful authority to um, halt a person's movement. But they don't have the, that lawful authority to do that in a situation where they are committing a crime. So, um, you know, it, uh, it seems very hard. If I was this, the, the, the lawyer for these guys, uh, and of course it's a case like this that makes me glad I'm not working as a lawyer anymore. Um, but I, I, I'd be looking for a plea deal. I wouldn't be, uh, you know, I wouldn't be looking to, to take this case to court. Um, because I think, you know, even if, you know, even if this girl offered some sort of sexual favors in exchange for her release, um, I don't think um, the consent 
element, which is I'm sure what the cops are going to say that she, you know, she uh, she made this offer, blah blah blah. Um, that uh, and the you could argue the other way, true and genuine. They, they're not supposed to accept bribes. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they'd essentially be saying, "Hey, we we did this thing," and look, I mean, they're. They're they're in bad. Like I say, they're in bad stead. I'd be looking if 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 I was their attorney, I'd be looking for a plea agreement because um, I don't know that there's going to be a much way out of this for them uh, with the DNA. If you know the DNA matches, where is that DNA going to be found? Uh, based on the story I saw, she got uh, you know to a nurse or a hospital fairly soon. Right away. So my right. my assumption would be that they would have done a full, um, what we would call in Arizona, SANE exam, which is a sex assault, sex assault exam. And they would have checked for semen. They would have checked for pubic hair. Uh, there would have been all kinds of tests run on her to see exactly um, what, you know, what behavior was engaged in and how that comports with what the detectives have to say and what the uh, alleged victim in this case has to say. That's probably why they had to at least come up with something that puts the puts them with the uh, victim here uh, by saying uh, that it was consensual. Uh, they're almost admitting it happened because uh, they know that the, the uh, victim here got a rape kit so they already know that this semen's going to match. So that's why they probably had to say something uh, like uh, it was consensual. You would agree? I would. I would assume. I mean, because I would. I would think that the first place to look, you know, in a case like this, would be to look at the uh, evidence, which is indisputable. I mean, there's, you know, with the DNA. So if the assuming his lawyers, their lawyers, excuse me, took. A, a good hard look at the DNA, where it was, what it was, um, and were able to kind of match that up. Then and and not feel like they could adequately challenge it, um, the testing procedure, something of that nature. Then, then that is the next move. Then you cannot say, well, this didn't happen. Um, the only, the only choice then is to somehow argue that this was consensual which like I, I said earlier I think is a is a tall order given uh, the circumstances and given you know the, the clip that you played didn't show it but you know the the other clip I saw today said that they had forced this young lady to remove her bra to uh, prove yes. that she did not have drugs on her person and it would seem like, based on what was in that video, that they did this in front of the two young men and told them to go. Uh, so, you know, they're evidencing kind of an intent to uh, sexualize this woman and isolate her. So, I mean, that's going to be a strong uh, bit of evidence for the prosecutor in this case. Like I say, I think the prosecutor has a, will have a relatively easy time with this case, despite the normal, maybe preferential treatment that police officers might receive in a court of law. Uh, what would you think a uh, normal citizen would get for this kind of case if uh, convicted? 
You mean in terms of in terms of years? In terms of years in jail. Yeah, I mean, I it's so it's probably so hard to draw the analogy because of the kidnapping and things like that. But I, you know, they're facing uh, 25 years, and I'm not, you know, super familiar with the the statute, so it wouldn't be any different. Um, it would just right. be, you know, what the judge would do. Uh, you know, a judge could either look at this as I would as an, as an overly egregious situation because of the level of public trust that has been imparted upon them, or they or they could say, hey, these are good guys and they don't need to spend that long in prison. Um, but you know, we're and and it will also depend a lot about uh, the facts and how it plays out. And I don't think we know. Many of the reports I saw exactly, you know, how egregious this was, if there was any violence involved, anything of that nature, we just don't know. What kind of threats might have been made uh, to her, we just don't know. Right, and uh, we'll see how, what's admissible also in terms of the threats like that. So uh, it should be interesting, uh, but... uh, they, the prosecutors look like they have a strong case, despite, like you said, the police uh, usually getting a uh, stronger uh, belief in the jur- jurors, believe more in the police and doctors and things like that, uh, as we see historically through the years. But um, uh, I hope justice is done for this young lady. That's uh, that's my take on that. Okay. Uh, no doubt about it. Yeah, every day we wake up and we hear somebody new, whether it's Charlie Rose or whether it's uh, uh, this one or that one. Um, Matt Lauer is the latest person uh, to be accused. Um, He did have a statement today, and uh, let's play that, and then we'll talk about Matt Lauer on the other side. It's a difficult morning here again because our top story is once again about our former colleague, Matt Lauer. And in fact, we just moments ago received a statement from Matt, and let me read it to you. There are no words to express my sorrow and regret for the pain I have caused others by words and actions. To the people I have hurt, I am truly sorry. As I am writing this, I realize the depth of the damage and disappointment I have left behind at home and at NBC. Some of what is being said about me is untrue or mischaracterized, but there is enough truth in these stories to make me feel embarrassed and ashamed. I regret that my shame is now shared by the people I cherish dearly. Repairing the damage will take a lot of time and soul searching, and I'm committed to beginning that effort. It is now my full-time job. The last two days have forced me to take a very hard look at my own troubling flaws. It's been humbling. I am blessed to be surrounded by people I love. I thank them for their patience and grace. That's a statement from Matt that just came in within the last minute or two, mm-hmm. and I want to turn to Stephanie Goss, who's our correspondent. Stephanie, you're covering these latest allegations. Please give us your report. Good morning, guys. On top of the statement, there are also new allegations this morning against Lauer, who has become one of the most high-profile faces of the sexual harassment firestorm engulfing this country. This morning, several more women have leveled sexual misconduct allegations against Matt Lauer. NBC News can report two additional women came forward to the network after the news initially broke. We are devastated. A former employee told the New York Times anonymously that in 2001, she was sexually assaulted by the anchor in his office. 
Variety magazine published a report late Wednesday laying out a pattern of alleged misconduct, including exposing himself to an employee in his office and inviting women employed by NBC to his hotel room late at night while covering the Olympic Games over the years. Several women told Variety they complained to executives at the network about Lauer's behavior, which fell on deaf ears. NBC News said in a statement, we can say unequivocally that prior to Monday night, current NBC News management was never made aware of any complaints about Matt Lauer's conduct. We thank you for joining us. And we NBC News fired Lauer roughly 24 hours after an employee made a complaint against the anchor, according to NBC News chairman Andy Lack. Lack released a statement that read in part, it represented after serious review a clear violation of our company's standards adding, while it is the first complaint about his behavior in the over 20 years he's been at NBC News, we were also presented with reason to believe this may not have been an isolated incident. NBC News has reached out to Lauer, who has not commented publicly since his dismissal. I'm Matt Lauer in Olympic Park in Sochi. The network confirms the alleged inappropriate sexual behavior reported on Monday night began at the 2014 Winter Olympics in Sochi and continued after that. The accuser's attorney said in part, while I am impressed by NBC's response to date, I am awed by the courage my client showed to be the first to raise a complaint and to do so without making any demands other than asking the company do the right thing. Just in shock. Uh, Today is Natalie Morales reacting to Lauer's firing on Access Hollywood Live, praising the anonymous woman who came forward to NBC News. When and if she wants to tell her story publicly, I'm sure she will, but it did take a lot of courage for her to come forward. It was no doubt a very painful decision. Lauer is among the most high-profile men in the country brought down by allegations of sexual misconduct, shocking the nation in recent months. Good morning, everyone. An anchor of the Today Show for more than 20 years, known as a skillful interviewer of ordinary people, celebrities, and politicians alike. President Trump took a swipe at NBC News after Lauer's dismissal. Tweeting in part, when will the top executives at NBC and Comcast be fired for putting out so much fake news? Lauer was scheduled to host the Rockefeller Center tree lighting. As you guys know, he was not there last night. Stephanie, thank you. Hello today, fans. Thanks for checking out. Okay, uh, Kirk, this is a shock. Uh, well, it's not really a shock. Uh, there's just so much of this going on. Uh, what is your take when you heard uh, Matt Lauer was the latest person to uh, be involved with this? Well, you, you know, you're right. There's certainly been uh, a barrage of this stuff, and, and it is still is shocking. And, you know, and there's so many different layers to this when we talk about the secrecy, the levels of secrecy, the levels of protection, how these women have felt. Um, our presumption of innocence, you know, it's not just Matt Lauer, it's Roy Moore, it's all these different people that are being accused of this. And one of the things, though, that really is, is stuck out to me, um, when I even just when I was listening to the tape, is how much, uh, as a society, we have images of people that we see on our TV sets that and we we thought you know he was the all American guy right a couple of weeks ago he was you know totally. the the, the twenty five million dollar a year anchor a trusted anchor and that sort of thing and people held him in in high esteem 
And then within, you know, days, hours, that all falls apart. And, it, and, and I think it's indicative just of so many different things. But, but what strikes me is the, the, the reality that what we see on TV and how we feel about people, the esteem we hold them in or the, the disrepute we hold them in might not be as accurate um, as we think it is. And that's, that's certainly one place, I think, to start with this. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. No, I agree. And, but I wouldn't agree is, you know, kind of saying I'm sorry without any merit. You know, I would, if I was a lawyer, I would tell the client not to say anything uh, of an apology matter. I mean, I, I, I've seen that by a couple of people already offering their apologies, and I just question why, if nothing right now could be proven, why, you know, let people, you know, give them more, you know, of a fire, if you will, you know, you know what I mean? Like, why would you say, I'm sorry for some of the things that happened? Because you're, you're, you're kind of admitting something went down uh, when nothing has been proven. Well, you know, and, and that's why keep, when I think about this, when I was thinking about this afternoon, um, there are so many different layers to this because, you know, we have a court of law where we say, you know, you have to have proof beyond a reasonable doubt before someone's guilty of something. But we also have right. the court of public opinion, right? And we have this uh, rush to judgment, and I think so many times we – will believe the accusations made against someone that we don't like and disbelieve the accusations against somebody we like. And we've seen that in the political arena with Mr. Moore, Judge Moore, and now we're seeing it in the, uh, you know, entertainment industry more like people, you know, if it's somebody we don't like, um, we're okay with it. We're okay with going after him. We're going to believe him. But when it's somebody like Matt Lauer, it's it's harder to believe. And then that goes into the story. You know, we've had Charlie Rose, Garrison Keillor. Charlie people Rose, that right. were res- Yeah, people that were respected. And like I say, that goes back to my point earlier. What we see on TV or the image we have in our minds and our hearts about the people we see on TV may not, may not be accurate. Um, I mean, I experienced it firsthand in a completely different way. But, you know... That is, there is that court of public opinion and in in the political discourse. And so we, society, we have to decide, okay, are we going to apply, what standard of proof are we going to imply before we start accepting these allegations or making changes or firing people or whatever it is based or voting or not voting for someone based on these allegations? What standard do we apply to all these things? And that's kind of goes to your point of what you're saying about, well, why, why are they admitting these things? And, and, you know, there's different reasons why they, you know, they know what evidence is out there presumably, and they know all this stuff. So, you know, some of it's damage control, some of it's image. Um, and so there's just so many different layers to it. And they, whether there's any criminal liability for what Mr. Lauer did, it doesn't, sound like it but maybe potentially 
Um, so, you know, when there's, when there's not that criminal liability, um, the, 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 what they're trying to save, I guess, is their image. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Matt Lauer, 20 years plus there. You look, a lot of people look to him as, a, you know, a very skilled uh, reporter, which he was. And, uh, wow, it's just, it's just amazing all these stories that, uh, you know, I just <laughs> I wonder uh, when it's going to stop. I mean, every day it's like somebody else is accusing somebody else. And is it, it was a, is it a secret in this business that is just coming out? You know, is everybody just, since the Harvey Weinstein explosion, you know, it, it went uh, deeper and deeper. You know, it just uh, exploded ever since uh, Harvey Weinstein, which seems like a very long time ago. Um, but after that, uh, that episode uh, got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, Anthony Weiner seems like 100 years ago uh, compared to that. Right. Uh, you know, it's just... And, and, just, and we're seeing yeah. that very talented and capable people can have these demons running with them and not have an outlet for them and not figure out a way to overcome them. Right, right. And, uh, you know, these are the ones that are being reported. Can you imagine, if it's true, how many there are out there that are not being reported, that we don't know about, uh, that there's one person that we see on TV every day that uh, that that people are listening now or, or watching on TV and thinking, wow, that person really did this. There's probably somebody else out there, you know, getting, uh, will be uh, soon to be accused, or maybe not. But point being, it's just, it's, it's shocking. I really just hope, uh, you know, not that we don't hear it, but I hope that that's it in terms of uh, this lifestyle. Uh, and uh, it's, 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 you know, it's bad for uh, the next generation. I mean, you have parents that they want to put their their kids in acting and, you know, in Hollywood and knowing that all this stuff goes on. I mean, is that going to change the wave of the next generation? Is it going to stop? I mean, there's so many questions. Well, there is, and I don't think it's—I don't think it's just limited to the to the entertainment industry by any means. I think that's probably what gets the attention. You know, we've seen, um, you know, different sorts of misconduct within the corporate environment of Uber, right? I mean misdeeds mm-hmm. about you know some some conduct and i can't remember them all the hiding hiding of the hacking and everything and that's a little off topic but we see this kind of stuff um in our you know in our world in general and it is something you know that that each and every one of us is going to have to decide how we want to conduct ourselves and how we want to react to these allegations. Are we going to be a society that believes every allegation? Are we going to take a look at them? Um, what is that going to do? Are we going to be able to accept the fact that that even accomplished people are flawed human beings? Um, 
you know, there's like I say, that's what I say. There's so many cultural layers to it um, that it's it's just becoming a powerful force right now. Um, will it, where will it be in a couple of years? It's hard to say. Then you brought up a very interesting point. There could be people that say things and the uh, person that they're talking about is completely innocent. But now with all these flu of people, that person won't get the benefit of the doubt now. So that's a sad case if that's the case. You know, we could have an innocent well, that's, person that's right. being accused. And and what what will the fear of that accusation bring? You know, I've heard a couple commentators now talk about um, the idea of, you know, this women being in the workplace and men kind of shunning them and how that's changed and the negative effects that could have because perhaps a man is going to be constantly worried about, um, you know, how they interact with a female colleague or vice versa, you know, and so that kind of, I've even heard of people talk about maybe more of a, you know, a segregated workplace and not women, not being a part of social events at work and things like that for just for these reasons. And that, that seems to be equally, if not more, uh, you know, problem, a problematic solution to this issue to kind of return to days gone by. Yes. No question about it. Okay. A couple of weeks ago, the, uh, uh, one of the polls, uh, you three us, USLA, Students uh, sold some stuff in China. Donald Trump got involved, allegedly at least. Uh, the father of one of the students uh, sat down with uh, CNN's Chris Cuomo, and he didn't want to apologize. Uh, frankly, he was very arrogant. Here is a uh, cut from that, and then we'll talk about the uh, LeBar Ball Trump situation on the other side. Did you ever think that you would be on CNN discussing geopolitics and the President of the United States? Never in my wildest dreams. Why would you push you, back on I the mean, President? You can, you can open your eyes and see what's going on. I'm not saying nothing to the President. I'm just saying, I'm not just saying thank you to anybody for nothing. You, I'm just saying, I have some things done. I talked to some people that did some other things too. Who? And this is, like I said, people trying to, it doesn't matter. It sure doesn't, it does. I mean, he Didn't said he got him out of jail, right? He said, hey, you, you heard what he tweeted. You t- he tweeted, because he's mad at me, I should have left that in jail. First yep. of all, they wasn't in jail. They was in a hotel. Now, how'd they get to the hotel on bail? Did Somebody you make that happen? Something? Somebody had to do something. Did you do it? I'm just telling you, somebody had to do it. Did he do it? I'm asking you, did you do it? I'm asking you. I'm asking you, did he do it? He says he helped oh, get he them out of now, China. Huh? Okay, if, 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 he, if, he, if he paid for the money to, to put up whatever we needed to do, then I would say thank you. Did he do that? So that's the bar? If, if he, he doesn't put up bail for the boys, then he doesn't I think, you, I think you've made this more difficult than you needed to, and you wound up provoking the President of the United States. You know States. what? You, 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 you making this more difficult. You know, LeVar didn't say thank you to the President. You didn't. So that makes me a bad person? It's because of what you said, and it's because you, you, won't, you won't say thank you. Hey, thanks. Your son said thank you. The okay, other guy I, said thank you. I already, so you I say thanks. Thanks for helping me. I'm not the other guy, though. 
I'm not the other guys. I'm doing something else. I'm not the other guys. What do you see? I agree with you. You're not so the other I, guys. I, I, I think know, you I know are you're trying to rile else. something up. And no, that's I okay, think you that's are. Part of your job. I think but you, know, you I don't are. Get easily tussled like that. I think you are. I think I'm you're what? very clever. I? I see your big smile. Are you going to say thank you to me? I'm going to say thank you at the end of this interview. I will thank you. I guarantee it. No, are you going to say thank you now? I guarantee it. You know why? Are you going to thank me now? You know why? Are you going to thank me now? Not yet. You haven't earned it yet. Why are you going to thank me? Haven't earned it yet. But no, no. Why are you not going to thank me? Haven't earned it. How much was bail in China, guys? How much did it cost to get bailed out? I would also like to thank President Trump and the United States government for the help that they provided as well. What they did was unfortunate. Uh, you know, you're talking about very long prison sentences. They do not play games. Takeaway is you put me in an impossible position. Why <laughs> <laughs> you have to defend Trump? <laughs> what 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 to make of of that interview on CNN and what to make of the whole feud? Uh, yeah. It seems impossible. But what 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 uh, you know? Uh, what seems important to me is the fact that uh, you know these boys that were arrested, these young men. Uh, express their gratitude to President Trump. Um, you and I and, and most people uh, out in our country do not know exactly what, if any, efforts uh, President Trump made uh, in order to advance their release. We heard them thank him. And as a matter of fact, uh, you know, uh, there are no losers in the sense that Mr. Ball got uh, about, from what I've heard, uh, $13 million worth of free advertising. And from what yes. I heard tonight, Mr. Ball sent Mr. Trump a pair of those fancy $500 sneakers. So, so Which of, uh, either everybody loses I don't think or anybody bought yet. I, I don't know, Jordan, because I know you probably couldn't pick a side in this in this battle either. <laughs> I will say though, if if Mr. Trump did have something to do with it, the the right thing is to say thank you, like his kid did. I mean, regardless yeah, I of mean, who it was. That that you, you're right, and but I mean the the boys did, and uh, Mr. Ball obviously has his own take, his own opinion. Do I think it would have hurt him to say thank you? Of course not. Um, but I mean, you're going into another yeah. country and stealing, and we all know that, and you know this, that going into another country and stealing, and and you you, you just you just don't do that. You don't do that to begin with, but. Going in China, up to ten years, they said for the stuff they they, they uh, uh, stole that was on the table uh, there in China. So that was that could have been a very ugly, ugly situation for the three boys there. Well, they're well, there's young no men. Doubt about it, and yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. And like I say, I I don't think there'd be anything wrong with the expression of gratitude. Um, but I think the the people that needed to make it uh made it so you know i don't know whether mr ball is just uh seeking to stoke the fires or or what be the or, first time. you know <laughs> yeah or or you know if the president is seeking to um take credit for work that he he didn't do 
um, like I say, you and I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of the crazier uh, things I've ever saw on CNN. And it's, it's, uh, certainly indicative of the crazy state of our politics. And, uh, but I will say this too, I, you know, you say, well, you know, he should be grateful and say, thank you to the president or intimate that. But the other sense is the president implying that he should have left him there, left American citizens in a Chinese jail for that long, um, does not seem appropriate either. And I could see how Mr. Ball would be offended by that. Uh, that was from a re, uh, reaction, I guess, from that interview. But I don't know that that that's not nice to say, obviously, from the president. And uh, now that the president has been president for one year, uh, what is your takeaway on Donald Trump's one year uh, worth of uh, president? Take here. <laughs> you have a grade for him? <laughs> uh, oh, you're going to try to get me out on a political uh, political angle here. Um, I, let, let's just, no, it's always let's, fun having fun with Trump. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's a native son of the, of your of your fair city, um, but uh, I I will just uh, I will just uh, give him an in, incomplete and. Uh, We'll see what happens um, from now going forward. But it is a uh, scary world we live in, and, and we are in uh, tough times. As I say, it's almost bizarre to think that we are now in a situation where our president is tweeting and talking about American citizens and, and engaging in some of these battles that he is. With all seriousness, is there anything that – at his plan or anything that he did or wanted to do that you actually agreed on? Hmm. Well, if he did help uh, save the young men from a long prison term in China, I would agree with that. Um, <laughs> beyond that, I, nothing comes to mind. Went out to Houston. Uh, he did that. Um, yeah, he he said a lot of things. I mean, certainly not a fearless man at seventy-one. Um, I'll say that for him. But uh, in twenty twenty, do you have any uh, names that you like to throw in a hat to to see uh, maybe a new president? Boy, I don't know. That's that's so far down the road, you know. And we've got we, we've got a lot you know of uh, what's that? <laughs> It'll be here quicker than you know it. Well, you, you know, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. I mean, the the amount of uh, sex allegations could uh, could be could be numerous. Uh, you know, because we we've we had a couple members uh, of our congressional body. Accused of this behavior as well, so you know I really do. I really do think it's too soon for me to to speculate. Other than of course throwing your name out there, I think uh, you know we could we could run a <laughs> run a Jordan King ticket. <laughs> That's <But>, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could have your name there too as well. Well, 
what we're throwing names. Maybe, <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. But you know, really, really, I think it's it's years off, and you know, there's so much that can happen that uh, you know, I hear people like Joe Biden are planning on running, and so who knows? Mike Pence sounds like he's gathering up his war chest as well, so who knows? But uh, I, I think I have for, issue with if I had any, you know. You know things to the president. I don't know if you know has the power, and you know this very well, uh, being uh, an attorney, is that basically you could be a murderer, or you could you could steal a pack of gum, you could molest a child, and you're all bunched in there together. Uh, you know that probably uh, that that happens, a murderer and someone who stole, you know, something for $20 could be in the same jail. Something like that bothers me. I mean, you should not have, I mean, you, you know, you're probably going to tell me it's a lot of money to to put all these people separately, but what's your take on that? <laughs> on Well, I, I got a little confused there. Um, but in terms of prison segregation, I believe, Typically speaking, I think that the jails and prisons do a, a good job where you're not seeing, you know, uh, somebody who gets, for example, a DUI in there with murders. Like there's special sections of the jail. As a matter of fact, there's special sections of most jails for uh, sex offenders, so they have their own, you know, kind of area um, for safety. So I think things are done to kind of prevent that. Okay, fair enough. So uh, you do have some books that are currently out, and you do have – you don't have your Twitter ha- – well, you have a, uh, a new Twitter handle, I guess. Uh, yeah, well, I've had, be- it, I've had it for a while now. It's at Nermi Unchained. Okay, and you have your website where – I have my website, saying- which is Nermi Unchained. Yes, and and people can learn about my coaching and and speaking practice there. I don't really, uh, you know, necessarily, you know, uh, announce the launching of my books or anything now. That's more related to my business. But you know, anything related to my books or or things that I have coming out or appearances, et cetera, et cetera, um, usually yeah, book, winds up on Twitter. That book that's being contested. Uh, is still available, right? You're right. The Trapped with Miserius is on Amazon. Uh, if you want to know what the controversy is about, et cetera, et cetera, um, that's a hot time can, to get it. <laughs> you can check. You can check it out. Uh, yes, a Christmas gift. Uh, but yeah, you know, you can check it out and see what it's all about. And uh, I've got my. You know, you mentioned you were kind enough to mention my. Uh, 75 pound plus weight loss on the uh, in the introduction there, and that would you know, have 75 think, pounds. Now? Well, yeah, I lost over 75 pounds, and um, one of the uh, and I kept it off for about a year until chemotherapy came in, and uh, you know I thought, well, chemo at least keep me skinny, but between all the steroids and the chemicals, I put on about 45 pounds, and I okay. used the same methods in my uh, you know, it, losing weight after chemo uh, that I did before and lost a lot of that weight 
and I ran a half marathon last January to commemorate one year out of the chemo chair. Wow. And ran what I did consist, I ran a half marathon, and you know what? It, the away. added bonus of it is that no ambulances were called, and I didn't throw up anywhere. So, um, you know, I consider that a successful half marathon. What, what's that? Was this in your uh, Arizona hometown? It it was. It was in the it was in the uh, Arizona area, the Phoenix metro area. Uh, it was the uh, rock and roll half marathon, PF Changs, I think. And so I did that and survived that. And I, you know, like I said, lost a lot of weight, and I was kind of struggling regaining my strength and and that sort of thing. So I did some CrossFit, and like I say, I produced this book. Uh, a while back called Fighting for Year 2.0. It's a weight loss edition. It's the first of maybe a couple books that I will come out on that, but I wanted to expand on the diet book that I wrote by giving people the opportunity to at least get my take on our relationship with food and um, why we eat. You know, I was, you know, through chemotherapy you eat wildly and you have different cravings and everything, but but there's also an emotional component to it. And one of the things I tell in the book, um, the, the, and I've shared this on a YouTube video as well, I talk about, you know, the first step or one of the first steps is, is loving your body as it is to weight loss. Because, you know, when I was done with chemotherapy, I'd gained that 45 pounds. I was bloated. I wasn't happy about what I saw in the mirror, but, at the same time, I had to love my body all that much more because it was now cancer-free. And that was the place I started from in terms of starting to lose weight again and just wanting to make myself healthier for me. And I think that's an important message. You know, we're going into the holidays. People make uh, New Year's resolutions that they typically break. I've read somewhere that, you know, most New Year's resolutions – people make the same ones for 10, 15 years and they're broken within the first few months of the year. And so what Eric, I tell people um, when I think of... It seems like we have a caller. Would you would you uh, take this call? Sure, if I could just finish my thought on the, on the weight loss, I'll though, go if right you don't ahead, mind. Sure. It's just this, this idea that... Um, we want to make a lifestyle shift instead of a new year's resolution. So, you know, for those listeners out there that are interested in making that lifestyle shift, not just a, um, you know, not just a resolution that they're going to break. They really want to change their, their body and their life. Um, I urge you to pick up that book that fighting for yourself 2.0 and uh, weight loss edition and just go out there and start fighting for your body and fighting for your health. Yeah, I do want to get back into that. Just let's uh, uh, say hello to this caller from Houston, uh, 713. You're on live with Kirk Nermy. Question or thought? Hello, Jordan. This is Sharon Goff from the Joy Jackson fan page. Sharon, Hi. good evening. How are you? So cool. It's well, a pleasure I'm, to talk I'm to you. I'm doing great. I'm doing Such great. Such a pleasure. I if you don't mind, I'd like to address something to Mr. Nermy that is really important to me. I Go covered right ahead. your, I covered your trial, um, 
from the day that it started, the minute it started to the minute it ended. And when it ended and, and, the, and she was taken away, it didn't end with the hundreds and hundreds of people. Uh, it, it stayed with them for days, as I'm sure it did with you. But what I, I want to do to you is apologize to you. I know better as a court coordinator. I know you didn't ask for that trial. But my feelings towards you were bitter and negative and hatred. And, and that's not in my heart. And I, after reading your book, I, I want to apologize to you. You're a human being, and, and I, I gained a lot of respect for you. And this um, situation and, and listening to you tonight, I wanted to apologize to you and tell you that I have the greatest amount of respect for you, and I'm very proud of you. And I just wanted to clear my heart, uh, first of all, and and thank you. Uh, you you've given me a lot of hope to lose weight, so I wanted to thank you. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and saying that. And you know, I understand that a lot of people, you know, got very emotionally involved in the trial, and you know, it stirred a lot of hatred and anger in a lot of people and which I think is, is, is sad because, you know, if you've read my book, I say, you know, there's a lot of lessons about getting out of unhealthy relationships and things that we should take away from that trial um, that have kind of been lost in a lot of the, in a lot of the hatred and the anger. Um, And I I just want you to know, I appreciate what you said again. Um, I, I bear no ill will. And, you know, I hope my book or my my videos on YouTube or whatever it is help you lose weight and that you can love yourself and move forward and and get the body that you want and that you deserve. I can do that. Um, I, if I could, Jordan, I'd like to address something to you. Just a, just a Go right ahead, second. Sharon. If I had it. Um, Matt Lauer, there were text messages yes, Matt Lauer. and pictures from him. Can you hear me? I hear you. There were text messages from him and pictures, so there wasn't any denying um, him being guilty with this lady. So they didn't just go in overnight in and, and 24 hours and, and fire the top star. Um, I don't know if you knew that or not, but um, maybe the other stuff is not true. But I know some of it is, uh, apparently, right. from what they are Oh, so you're That's saying it? the text messages. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're fine well, to get more so and more. Well, yeah. Now, Sharon, be, before, you, before you leave us, uh, did uh-huh. I hear you say you're from a, a, a Jordan fan page? No, she's from no, the Joey Jackson. Jackson fan page. Oh, Joey admin. Jackson fan page. Okay. Well, I, was, I thought, yeah, I thought Jordan that. had his own fan page. I was going to get this presidential campaign wanna, going for you, Jordan. Well, I did want to tie him in into my feelings uh, by, when I said the JJF uh, I'm the admin. Sharon has been a, uh, an awesome support person uh, for the show since, since inception uh, in, in 12 and she's an awesome person. 
you do a great job with that uh, page. Uh, Joey Jackson and uh, reporting the news, and uh, it's uh, so good to hear your voice for the first time, Sharon. Well, thank you. I enjoyed your show. And Mr. Nermie, the best of wishes to you. Oh, thank you, Sharon. Uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk again. That'd be great. Bye-bye. Have yourself a good one, Sharon. Good evening. Okay, uh, Mr. Nermie, and, uh, you know, I was going to tell you that, uh, what, do you, what do you think of bicycle riding? In, in terms of a form of exercise? In terms of a form of exercise. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good for a lot of people. I mean, each each and every person is gonna is gonna find their thing. I, you know, I uh, it's funny you ask that because uh, in Phoenix summer I don't get much a chance to hop on my bike, and I did maybe about a week week and a half ago here, and it really uh, kicked my butt. But uh, you know, so I think it's good exercise. It's something that is. Uh, Low impact, good on the joints, and I think it's always great for people to try a new thing. You know, I, you might have saw this. Uh, so we're friends on Facebook. I had put up there that uh, my wife got signed me up for four months of hot yoga, and I, I joked that it might be a murder plot. But uh, I think, uh, you know, I've, 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 I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone and trying to bend my middle age behind into a pretzel in a 105-degree uh, yoga studio. So, you know, it, it's nice for each one of us to step outside of our comfort zone and our fitness and try different things that we might not always try. Because if, if I can get my behind into a 105-degree yoga studio, people can find different ways to exercise that excite them. I, what I do, I have this, uh, this program it's you, you basically you put on your headphones. There's a guy named Charles Linden. He he runs a whole program to you know anxiety free blah blah blah. Long story short, he has this part in the program where you listen to these visualizations. They're about 25, 30 minutes long. My God, <laughs> he you know he tells you to close your eyes and picture this and. You know, you get you. It's almost like, wow. You feel like you're in Hawaii when you wake up. It's just, it's it's an amazing thing what the mind could feel when it's, you know, in it in its own like, you know, and allowed to be free, and then allowed the pressure to be off of you know any incoming thoughts that you don't want. And, well, uh, I, I I think that's definitely true. Meditation is a huge. I mean, we could go on for an hour about the benefits of meditation, but it's it's a huge, huge benefactor to the mind. It certainly is. And you is. think about and, how uh, much one, stuff we. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say it's a you know we clutter our mind so much with stuff, and our mind. There are a lot of people say this. I'm certainly not the first that our mind is kind of created to solve problems. And that's its function biologically. And when we don't have problems, we create them or we invent them or we create scenarios where problems can come in. And when we quiet the mind and uh, really listen to the energy of the universe, listen to the intuitive powers of the heart, um, I think we're much better 
better served if we not get distracted by um you know the dilemmas of the day that won't mean anything tomorrow you know i was i had i went through this great exercise a while back a mentor of mine said what were your problems five years ago ten years ago and the ultimate point of it being or part of the point of it being is that those problems some of you some of them you might not remember some of them might be repetitious but some of them you might not even remember like oh you got a door ding or your key broke. You just don't, you know, you just don't even remember this stuff that was such a big deal at one time. And it shows the temporary nature of our problems. And to get mired in them only bogs us down and prevents our own evolution, our own chance to move forward. Well, uh, Kirk, I want to thank you uh, first of all for being such a good friend uh, and uh, coming on the show. Um, I want to wish you uh, peace on this earth as long as uh, you may be here, and uh, hope everything goes well with uh, um, your uh, upcoming uh, battles with uh, whatever they may be, and I hope you prevail uh, to the top, and uh, I wish you the best. And, uh, well, thank you, Jordan. You, yeah. The same to you. The same to you. Uh, the same to all your listeners. I wish them all a, a happy holiday, and uh, I always appreciate uh, talking with you. It's, a, it's always a lot of fun, and I hope it is fun for the listeners as it was for us. I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much, Kurt. We'll speak soon. You bet. Take care, Jordan. Okay. That was uh, Kurt Nermy, former attorney for Jody Arias. Uh, the book is Trapped at Miss Arias, along with uh, a lot of other books. Next week, we'll be joined with Danny Savalas, uh, making his debut right here on the King Jordan Radio Show. That's next Thursday, 9.30 on the East, 6.30 on the West, 7.30, excuse me, 8.30 on Central Time. want to thank Sharon from Joey Jackson fan page on Facebook for calling in and uh, what a beautiful thing she said. Mad props to her. Also want to give a shout out to our friend Maddie who has been uh, a great support system in terms of the show. Pager uh, as well. Uh, Lisa. Um, There's Vicky. There's so many. I just don't have everybody in the top of my head but with that in mind let's make this celebration for tbt let's let's go to cool in the gang and have a celebration for tonight on king jordan radio thanks for listening everybody we'll talk to you next week
It's alright. 